Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump, busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain, problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child. And if you had told me back then that I would be speaking about this stuff out loud, I would have told you to give your head a wobble. Hi, welcome back. So much interest in the pessary episode last week. If you missed it, I had a pessary fitting for a cube, which was actually quite exciting. (laughs) I haven't had the chance to try it as much as I'd like. Because uh, I came on my period almost immediately, and then also kind of living on a building site right now, which is why I'm recording this in the back garden. Anyway, so I am wearing the pessary. I don't think I've quite got to grips with it yet. Taking it in and out, uh, getting the right, getting it in the right place. Tracy Matthews, the physio who fitted it, found me out for being a bit complacent with my pelvic floor exercises. So I'm now following the program she gave me. So. I would say it's all a work in progress at the moment. Uh, we're about, uh, I mean, I've just, it's just been a few days really. So I'm still really optimistic about it all and I'll keep you posted. If you missed it, do check out the pessary Q&A that Tracy did on my Instagram stories. Loads of good stuff there. Today's episode then is something a bit different again. We're going to hear Nikki's story. Now this is Nikki Adowu. She's a mum of two daughters, they're 10 and 7. She lives in London and since childbirth she's had problems not just with their pelvic floor but also diastasis recti or recti, I'm never sure. Uh, Which if you haven't heard of it, and I hadn't until a few years ago, is where the muscles that run down the middle of your stomach can separate during pregnancy. So often they'll go back to normal in the first few weeks after your baby's born, but for some people they don't. And that can impact your core and lead to back problems, even to a hernia, which is, as you'll hear, what happened to Nikki. So I was trying to work, I was trying to work out um, the relationship between diastasis recti and pelvic floor dysfunction, and it seems like it's really unclear. But the um, POGP, which is a, a specialist network of physios, says that incontinence and prolapse are also among the symptoms of diastasis recti. So it's definitely worth reading up on and I'll put some more information in the show notes. And as ever, none of this is medical advice. So that's enough of me. Let's hear from Nikki, whose problems began after the birth of her eldest daughter. And my pregnancy was fine. Obviously, (laughs) the birth was traumatic, but, you know, I think it is every, you know, most first births are, you know, um, but in terms of, you know, nothing, there was no interventions or anything. So um, I, if everything was fine. It's only when I was discharged um, and, the, you know, the consultants do a little check of you before they discharge you and the baby. And then I remember them feeling my tummy and just, right. just explaining to me like, oh, um, you know, about the stomach. And it was, like, it was all very casual and sort of, so you just think, oh, okay, like maybe you know no one mentioned this this happens but you know I'm, I'm not really surprised if all that's gone on no so <laughs> you just think it's... i mean that's the thing so this so what we're talking about here is the diastasis recti yeah and uh which is the separation of the abdominal muscles Some, which exactly apparently happens you know is quite common in pregnancy it's quite, when you, it is oh, i know that now yeah, well, which i did had never heard of i also. didn't either i've never heard of it before even in all the you know what's like first pregnancy you read everything like pregnancy books every stage of the pregnancy delivery birth going all the antenatal classes not one single mention or not about 
the aftercare, like afterwards, like what to expect, you know, once the baby's delivered. And so, so you sort of, you're in hospital, you've been checked, you've been told you've got this separation. Yeah. And, and how was that? Did that affect you? I mean, were you feeling symptomatic from that? Or, I mean, you're just in such a I haze I felt like I'd anyway. been run over anyway yeah. after having the baby. You yeah. know, that feeling where, like, I'm not even actually in my own body. Yeah. <laughs> like, whose body is this? Like, I was completely battered from the from the birth. So I just, everything was just sore in any way. So yeah. I was on, um, I remember being, I was on paracetamol for about a week or so. I was on regular paracetamol. So I, and you're just out of it anyway, to be honest. And then it was more... Um, I don't think I didn't I didn't even have symptoms straight away because I just remember them saying to me you know when you first go to the toilet it's going to feel like you haven't got a pelvic floor like it's just going to feel really strange like you're you know going to the toilet for the first time like doing you know and they just they and I kind of expected that because I thought well you know um there's so much is going on so I, I sort of expected that and um you know I thought okay you know in time you just know that it's going to be like a your whole body's just having to recover yes and um, and I still didn't quite understand when I was going to the um, the physio. She did. They put the fingers in the. You know when they put the gap and they tell you. I can't remember how many. I was. Quite, it was quite wide. I think it was about. It was at least three fingers. At the yeah, time. Yeah. So they sort of they sort of press they, firmly yes. on down the line of your abdomen to see exactly the, how, like how, how big, big a gap. gap and is. I think yeah. I think I read that um that a small gap is is kind of fine within within the Quite realms standard, of normal yes. but a, a larger gap where sometimes yeah they can get like a kind of a few, you can put a fingers, few fingers yeah there. mine was in that in that stage and then that means you've got no core uh support really and this is the problem isn't it this is what it is yeah and I, and I didn't understand the connection with that and my core strength like how it all ties in no. the pelvic floor the core and so it was just one of it was just like oh and at that time you're just literally just going by whatever they tell you and you just think okay I'll just do these exercises and everything will will go back to to normal, and then um and then every time I'd, I'd be trying to feel where my my gap is and I was a bit I wasn't I was doing it as best as I could but you know um sometimes I would do the exercises and then I might forget I was like oh well, am I doing it right I wasn't quite sure if I was doing it right when I was at home, yeah. and um so I was trying to do it regularly I think I had about um three or four sessions. Um, and then after that, you're sort of left to your own device, and you're supposed to obviously keep it up. Mm-hmm. But then you don't really know how long you're supposed to do it for. Then after, you know, and maybe after a year or so, you're just like, um, I felt like I wasn't, I didn't see any improvement. Like it closed a little bit, but I didn't feel like I, I was. I thought I'd just go back to normal. To be honest, I didn't realize it was just going to actually be a thing that you know it's, no. it's going to be there. Um, I think and for I, a lot of women, it does just go back to normal. So I don't think, you know, I think, that's yes, what I, I think you would think yes, that. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in my case, it didn't, because what started to happen, I started to um, develop back problems. So that was actually my initial symptoms first. Like, obviously, the gap was there and everything. and, and But it was more the fact that my back just always felt like it was on the verge of just, um, like, I was going to just pull my, my muscle, like, my lower back. I'd, I'd get a lower back ache. And then um, you're constantly, you know, lifting the baby. And I, was, I wasn't aware of my movement. I didn't learn, you know, they didn't tell you about things like that either. Like the way you're moving, the way you're carrying the baby, like it all affects your, you need core strength to do things like that. So you're constantly, you know, um, lifting. And, and then I, it was my back was just getting worse and worse. And that's what actually made me, it was the back problems that made me seek out, like going online just to, find out you know what's going on and you know I just put in details that you know 
pregnant after pregnancy, back back pain, lower back pain after pregnancy, and, and then obviously it's like I started to piece together what was happening. Doctor Google. And, um, yes, and then when I actually. Um, that's when I found out what the term was, that it was diastasis recti, because it gives you a description. And I was just like, oh, that's what it was that I had, because they didn't actually say that. So you know when they normally tell you, oh, this is what you had, then you go home and you research it. It was more just like you just got a gap. They just, they explained it obviously in the layman's terms, but they they didn't put a a condition to it. Like the way they said it was like, oh, this is just what happened. But they they don't give you instances, oh, this is really common. It's just like, oh, this is just what's happening. And And you just accept it, you're just like, you're okay. just like, oh, okay, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll do these exercises, like they said, and hopefully that'll be fine. And then um, I just started taking notice and reading, um, reading everything. But then again, you know, when you've got a young baby as well, you're sort of half half in, in it. You're yeah. not quite, you know, fully, it's, it's just a lot to get your head around. I didn't really focus on it. I was yeah. aware of it, but I just, and then obviously the things like the, um, you know, when you're on the trampoline and just, your core so weak that like you're just, I'll just be like, you know, I find myself like wetting myself just like by doing things like jumping or like if I'm coughing, um, you know, like anything that's causing any pressure there, it was, I could just feel, you know, I was just basically like, Wet, feel my, wet myself, you know, and it was so embarrassing. So obviously, this is at the same time as you had the diastasis recti. When did you realise yeah. that the incontinence was an issue as well? Well, it's. I think it's. It was more or less all around that. You know, that first year of like, you know, having the baby, and you're just thinking that, um, you know, oh, your pelvic floor is weak. And I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't doing my exercises. Like, I, when I remember, maybe I'm in a shower, oh, I haven't done, let me just do it, do a few little squeezes. It wasn't, it was, it, it was all very half-hearted. Yeah, yeah, you know? I think we and can I, I relate think I to that. Playing, <laughs> yeah, it was just, very, I wasn't really focusing on yeah. it, you know, and... Um, and were, you, and and were thought, you having to wear pads and things, is that? Yeah, I started to, like, not every day, um, sometimes... It's, it's weird because sometimes it's like what, I thought if, if I go to the trampoline which I didn't do for a while but like when I went to trampoline that's when I first noticed how bad it was like it right. just literally felt like there was just no pelvic floor muscle there at all while I'm jumping and then it was um it was more like if I'm coughing and then I kind of started to accept it I know it sounds really strange but it just became you know it, it would just be sometimes I just go and just change my underwear or something like and then then I started just wearing the dailies um and then it just became it, I just accepted it that oh you know as when it gets better like as it gets stronger then it will stop kind of thing but I obviously wasn't doing enough to to make it to make it stop I wasn't focusing yeah, on right. the exercises and stuff and then I was just too distracted just getting on with everything so it wasn't it was it was happening but I wasn't thinking it was a problem mm-hmm. so I think on its own I was just like oh you know it, it might probably resolve itself but it was more the back that was actually my main problem so I think that that overrode my feelings of the the incontinence so at what point with your back did you realize that the diastasis recti was going to be a big problem for you is it is it is this after your second daughter's yes where where are we at now so basically now um so I was had on and off back problems up until um after I gave birth to my second daughter and that's when it all just I got Everything just basically <laughs> um, went got worse. Like I got um, a hernia actually, 
I got the pregnancy hernia after my second pregnancy. Oh, so, so I so I think I read because I knew that you'd said that you had an umbilical hernia. Yes, I did. And those yeah. things can be linked, right? When yes. you haven't got the muscles there to support. Exactly, things. it's literally the he- your your insides just sticking out, like oh. your intestine is just coming out of the gap because the gap is there. Then the then my intestines just literally poking out around my belly button. So you could just see a above different my shape. belly button. Yeah, I've still got it. Like um. It's, it's one of those things that um, I know I can have it removed or rectified uh, or pushed back if, with surgery and stuff, um, but I haven't really... They, well, they said that you have to make sure you've had all your children before you, you do that. It's, an, it's a good idea because obviously it might just defeat the whole purpose if mm-hmm. you have another pregnancy. So um, what, what were your back problems like? What was, what was day-to-day like, life like? Um, so what will happen is that... Um, It'll be fine for a period, and then maybe if I'm overdoing it, maybe I've just carried some heavy shopping, or um, I've just moved too quickly, or you know, it, I think it's, it's it's just that consistent, constantly carrying maybe the baby, and then doing other things like you're moving awkwardly. What will happen is that one day suddenly my back will just I might bend down, and and do something, and suddenly I, it'll just go like my back would literally just just you get that. I get a shooting pain right on my back and then that would be for about a week or so I'm just like you know when you're um you're walking like you're just really rigid like you can't bend I couldn't I wouldn't be able to put my like my socks on and things like that and, and what how did that affect you mentally like I mean I, I imagine that's very very draining yeah it was um it was just like oh what's going you just feel you actually just feel like I felt like you know like my body was just falling apart you know, you're just like, oh, I was like, oh, Nikki, you're only in your early 30s. And you're going to, ha- and you always think I'm going to be one of those people that has back problems, like for life. And I just thought, oh, gosh, that's going to, I just resigned myself. It's like, oh, you're just, you've got back problems. You're just going to, you know, resign. I just resigned myself that, you know, that's it. Like, you know, you're always going to have these kind of problems on and off. And, um, but at the same time, what was really worrying me was the fact that, you know, um, when I couldn't look after, the little like the the girls you know because of course well there, there were times i'd be crawl, you know just changing nappies i'd have to be crawling around on the floor um just to and i, I couldn't you know normally i would, might be on the sofa or do it i'd have to just do everything on the floor and it would just be so painful and uncomfortable you know and then you know, you're on pain and i'd be just taking painkillers was there kind of a low point for you or you know a point at which you were just like this is too much oh yeah that was when, um, so it was, I would say, it was when my second daughter was 18 months. She was about 18 months old. I was, um, my back had been going, like it was, it'd been really bad that particular week. And I was at work. Um, I'd been prescribed quite strong painkillers, like um, cocodamol, codeine and paracetamol. And those knock me out anyway. That like, makes me feel really nauseous. So I took them and that was, <laughs> it was a big mistake because that particular day, um, I remember um, for a whole hour I couldn't work. I was in the, I was in the staff room, literally lay, lay down on the floor because of the side effects of the cocodamol, and then you're in pain as well. So it was just such a strain, you know. It was really bad, and I remember getting home that particular night and and lying down, and then the next morning I couldn't get up, I couldn't get out of the bed. That must be it terrifying. It was like agony. It was actually, you know, this was like the worst I'd ever experienced. I even, I even called the ambulance because I was like, I, I actually can't move. <laughs> like, to even, and that's how it was for, for the whole day. I couldn't go to the toilet. Um, I was like that until I got some um, anti-inflammatories. I couldn't even go to the GP. They had to send it in. And, um, and then my mum had to come and stay with me for a week. 
And I was, that was me for a week. I was literally, in a way, it was quite good because I got to sleep, like, I couldn't do anything. So I, I remember oh, just, I got the most stress. That's such a mum response. That was, yeah, anyway, it was, like, it was quite good that I was in agonising pain because I got to lie down and have a rest. Got, that was, yeah, because yeah, once the pain was controlled, um, it was obviously really bad because I was looking at the reality of it. I was like, Nikki, look at this. Like, your whole week, you can't look after your children, you can't work. Mm. Um, and that's when I just knew that this is, like, this. I need to do something. And that that's what um, prompted me to really, I was like, no, Nikki, this is, it was really scary. Mm. Um, and then that's when I, I really went, um, you know, to look for the osteopath and get treatment. And during that process of having my treatments, that's when I was really looking into um, diastasis vectors. I'm, I'm going to fix it. Like, I can't go on like this, you know. I thought me just leaving it thinking it was all going to heal on its own is definitely, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, so that was the turning point that that time. And so tell me what happened from, from there then. You were, you were obviously, you'd been, I mean, had you been seeing somebody regularly about no. diastasis recti? No. No, up until that point I hadn't. So I just right. had to, even after, you know, after my second birth, I had physio again. Mm-hmm. So it was obviously they could still, I told them, you know, my experience of um, the, my, the diastasis recti for my first pregnancy. And obviously it's just widened more now yeah. with the second pregnancy. And now I've got the hernia um, on top of that. So I did. They, I did the standard physio um, sessions that they give you in the NHS, and um, and was doing the exercises again. Just it was just sort of like a repeat of before the pelvic mm-hmm. floor, um, and then my my back problems were, were getting worse and worse. And then um, and when I when I found that the Mutu website, that was one of the first ones that described the diastasis recti and about the core strength. And, and in my mind, I think, oh, that makes sense. Like you know. Um, my core, obviously, because of the gap, my core strength is is weak, and then and then it's causing me back problems. So this is on this is the Mutu website. So this is um, a fitness program for um, for the core and the pelvic floor, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Specifically for like mums that have given birth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That have given birth. And, and so that, you and came you across use it throughout pregnancy. I did. You came across the website, and you were like, "That's me." That's I'm ready. Me, everything. I'm ready to do something about it, and that's what yes. you—that's what you found. And and how did it? How, how how did it go? Oh, it was great. So basically, I had I was seeing the osteopath, and that was good because it. But the osteopath it was more like treatment. I was getting um, to, and then I, I think I had I had three different sessions, and um, just to align my my back again, and she they they did manipulation and. Um, just so I'm not walking around like lopsided yeah and it really helped those osteopath sessions but in my mind I thought I was thinking no I need to correct the problem not just have the treatment when it's occurring and then I went back to the um, so obviously a year previously that first looked on the website I went back this time signed up to the it's like four months um, you sign up and then I read all the dietary stuff as well because I thought well it won't it won't hurt to like it because what was happening as well was that people were thinking that I was pregnant after, so my daughter was two, and then I, I got it a couple of times that people asked me, oh, um, congratulated me on my pregnancy, because I'm a pharmacist, Awkward. so I'll, be, I'll get patients. <laughs> oh my God, because I had that classic mummy tummy where you're, you're slim everywhere else, and then you've got that, and it was like the bulge, where you're, um, and it was because of the diastasis recti, it gives you that 
bulge as well yeah, yeah. you know and um so that was I had that was and obviously it was it was obviously quite obvious that people thought I was pregnant and uh, and it happened on two separate occasions so that one that was another incentive yeah no no one likes to be told they're pregnant when they're not <laughs> oh no I was no. like I was like no you can't go through the rest of your life people asking you if you're pregnant it was so embarrassing so that on top of being incontinence, the back problems. I was like the classic case. <laughs> I, was like the, I was like the case study for me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just did it. I was, I was like, you know, I'm going to do this thing properly. I'm going to follow everything. I'm not going to miss a single day because you have to do it every day for um, for four months. Um, and, and then after that, it's like maintenance. And if you were to describe like the sorts of exercises that they are, what, what sort of things does it look like? So there's lots of stretches, lots of squats and then the actual focus on the pelvic floor and the core together because they work together that's so the core and the pelvic floor you're doing those exercises and they work they're helping both but I did the whole program the intensive mm-hmm. um, the core everything and then um, and after that I just I was so amazed at the difference like I felt like I'd gone back to how I was like you know yes. I wasn't I didn't have that that mummy tummy anymore and most importantly my back my back had in that four month period I didn't have any problems with my back and um and then I just thought after that I was thinking you know I was I was just continued doing the core exercises um as a maintenance so I just try and do it like in the mornings um it was a bit hard in the beginning but um what I noticed that when I didn't do it and I'd start to feel like a little backache and things and I'm like oh Nikki you haven't been doing your core I just knew what it was so I realized with the Muto it's not something you just do like four months and it's better it's it's just something I know I've accepted that I have to do it for life really yeah yeah because I mean if you think about thing. it like you're it's 10 years now since yeah you're, 10 nearly 10, 10 yeah, years it's 10 years yeah I'm 40 now so I got my first daughter I had my first daughter when I was 30 so that's a long time time to have been going through all of this I mean where do you feel like you're at with it all now how how are you so now I feel completely in control with I know exactly what my body's doing I'm not perfect like I um you know I I aim to do my mood to exercises every morning but I don't always manage it um but I try and do you know at least a few um and then but I've become more in terms of fitness and health and fitness I'm definitely much much more progressive than I was back then. Um, obviously, the children are older now, so you have that a bit more time, you know. Um, so into that, you know, I try and do running, and um, but definitely the core is just so important for me because um, now my back is is great. Like I don't have, I'm not going to say I never have back problems because when I do feel twinges, I know when I've been overdoing it, I might feel the slight twinge, and then maybe I'll be like, oh, you haven't really been really on your mood, your your core exercises that for the past couple of weeks. Then I just start it up again intensively, and it never it never gets to that point of where before I would just pull my back muscle and be, you know, out of it. Like it was, it's so controlled now, and I feel everything's really firm. You know, um, in like my pelvic floor, I feel like it's you know so improved. Um, like I don't get that. Like I'm coughing yeah. and you know jump jumping on the trampoline I do find that I still not as bad as before do you jump on the trampoline a lot Nikki you have a lot of trampoline (laughs) stories you know what it is it's like all these kids these parties and we've got a trampoline in the garden which when we first got it I did like used to do a bit but then not so much now but you know the kids little activities in the half term I don't want to go trampoline especially my older daughter she loves it (laughs) 
So like, so then before I used to kind of go in with them when they were much smaller, but now that they're big, they can just go in themselves. I just, I'm just standing by the side. <laughs> so not so much trampolining like before when you actually have to do it with them. But you, but, but, so, but you were saying basically, so your pelvic floor has also obviously improved through doing Oh, definitely. The, yeah. And, yeah. And you, and you notice it like, um, obviously like, you know, with your sex life as well, because mm-hmm. it's all important as well, because, you know, in the beginning you feel like you, <laughs> It's just like, oh, what's happened? Like, you can't, you just, you can't, the sensation is different. But then I noticed when you do the pelvic floor regularly, you can actually go back to how you were before. And I didn't understand that then until I did the Mutu. And I noticed the complete difference sexually that that compared to before. This and is so, such a positive story. I'm so pleased for you. I mean, I know it's taken a long oh, time you. and you've been through a lot, but it really seems like you've come out the other side. Oh, no, definitely. Um, and, I, and I wish I knew now, like, knew then what I know now, like, knowing exactly, you know, what... Because now, if I if I was to have a baby, another baby, I would straight away, I would be doing those exercises throughout the pregnancy and I would, I would do those exercises continuously and really, you know, because I know about it now. I know exactly how it helps. Um, and so it's been, you know, it's been such a learning, <laughs> a learning curve, but I feel so confident now. I wouldn't worry. Like I, I you know, I remember being so anxious at the second pregnancy and thinking, oh gosh, like it's just going to get worse. And, and I didn't even expect getting to get the hernia. And that was like thrown in and you're just like, oh gosh, I, I didn't even know about that either. I didn't know about umbilical hernias until. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the difference. Knowledge is everything, isn't thing. it? Yeah, exactly. And um, and I thought I, I talked to my friends about it, and I just realised, you know what? Like, and we all said the same thing. It's like, oh, we just we we just suffer in silence as women. We we feel that when you have a baby, you feel like you can't complain. Like, you know, oh, you know, you got this baby, and it, it it's all about the baby. So it's like we're just suffering, sleep deprived, like all like you know. It was, but it's just it's it's always just about the baby. But it's, but it's that we don't focus on ourselves and our own um, care really it's like we, it's like we don't matter like you know and I, and I think we need as women we need to get out of that mindset and just to stop feeling like by looking after ourselves that we're being selfish mums we're taking away what we should be putting everything into the children and this is what this is what you this is the price you pay for having children kind of thing it shouldn't be like that because you think about it you know I started to feel you feel like really old before your time you know when all these things when you're falling apart you're just like you just feel like that's it, like you're done as a woman. And this is how I felt. I remember being, I was in my early 30s then, and I was like, oh, Nikki, it's just downhill from now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you just become invisible. I mean, during that time, it's quite isolating anyway when you first had a baby, but then you, you've got all these other problems as well, and you're just like literally suffering in silence, and you're just thinking, and you're not even talking about it, so you're not even sure like if anyone else is going through the same, because we, we don't talk about our experiences um, of after having babies. We all kind of thought, oh yeah, the birth was awful and stuff. And then after that, it's just sort of, <laughs> we don't really talk about yeah. anything else that we all go through. This is it. This is, I, yeah. I love what you've just said. Like, like, I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree completely. And I just, I just yeah. think like the more conversations like this that we have, like hopefully the more... Uh, you know we can we can give people the knowledge and and just make them feel less yes. alone and know how to go and find new resources and help yeah exactly. ease the confusion and all of those things um, yeah no definitely and I think also um it's you know lots of things have been highlighted with maternity services and um I just think something like this um 
being being women being informed about it beforehand yeah um you know it would just it would go such a long way because we get told about everything else you you know they tell you about you know they bang on about the breastfeeding and everything i say why not about self-care but for the woman yes yes and 100 percent yes we can do so much better on postpartum care and if we as women have access to the right information and support then we can do so much for ourselves nikki is testament to that and she's obviously a huge advocate of mutu which i'll link in the show notes Uh, for openness this this is not an ad Uh, she's not paid by them and neither am i um i'll be back next week in the meantime get involved tell me what you think spread the word tell a friend or spam a whatsapp group put an advert on the side of a bus you can support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why mums don't jump and it can be completely anonymous if you prefer thanks to everyone who's done that and um you can find me on social at why mums don't jump or online at why mums don't jump.com bye for now